1: Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com, and with me as always is my guy, Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we've got a, a special podcast here for everybody today because look, Marcus Freeman uh, is the new defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Clark Lee, ha- you know, had to take that head coaching job, uh, you know, his dream job at, at Vanderbilt. Totally get it. Uh and then Notre Dame swung for the fences, ended up getting Marcus Freeman, the the top so-called free agent that was on the market and Brian, you and I have talked about it. He wasn't even really on the market, but he was on the market. Yeah, I, I it mean, wasn't
2: a given that he was going to leave Cincinnati, right? And, and Notre Dame had to put in work, and and they had to not only beat LSU, but but keep him from going back to Cincinnati, where he was very loyal. And you know, there a lot of sense would have made for him to stay at Cincinnati, right? You know, I mean, Luke Luke Coach Fackell is going to be a head coach in a bigger school potentially someday, and guess who slides into that head coaching job if he leaves right Marcus Absolutely. Freeman yeah and you know and he's still a young guy too but you know I think he he would have left Cincinnati for the right job initially Notre Dame wasn't the right job because I think there was a lot of things beyond just money that went into it because I think he's a smart enough guy to understand I'm not just taking a job to make money I need to take a job where we can be successful right. these are things that I believe you we would need to be successful and I'm only going to go to a place if I believe that they're going to give us the tools that we need to be successful in every area, recruiting wise, coaching wise, all those kind of things. So, uh, kudos to Notre Dame for getting it done. And, and as you said, this was the guy. This was the guy from day one that 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 you and I identified and said, "If this is the guy that if Notre Dame's going to go outside the the program, which they should, this is the guy. This oh, is yeah. the guy you get." Yep. So it was and, a, it was a they swung for defenses and they hit a home run. I mean, you can't did. ask for much more than that.
1: No, and it was it was an exciting hire. I remember when I heard the news that it was going down. I pretty much dropped everything you and I did a podcast about it mm-hmm. uh, just because of what big news it was. and not only because of who they got, it was the, the manner in which that they, they got him. Um, it, it was just it was great all around. And now that he's here, mm-hmm. the steps that he's taken uh, you know, to uh, get guys to commit to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, to get guys to come back to Notre Dame that were in a, the transfer portal. Uh, you know, i.e. Houston Griffith, um, you know, hiring guys working behind the scenes on the defensive side of the ball uh, that we didn't see prior. You know, that's one of the things that he wanted uh, when he when he showed up. Uh, so, I mean, every step of the way has been impressive with Marcus Freeman, but we haven't really had a chance yet to discuss in this forum what he's bringing to Notre Dame from an X's and O's standpoint mm-hmm. and that's really what this podcast is going to be all about we're gonna talk about the Marcus Freeman defense and what that looked like at Cincinnati and then you know we'll we'll pontificate a little bit about what that might look like at Notre Dame uh, but it's more what he's done up to this point points um Mm -hmm. is that is that accurate brian for what we're gonna talk about that is
2: accurate that is accurate that's what we're gonna talk about today
1: okay great so the first thing we're gonna do we're gonna jump in um and let's just talk about his defense as a whole brian um one of the things that you know when when i watch film of him uh he he's very multiple whether you're talking fronts uh three front four front uh i think he he's very aggressive he'll put everybody up on the line of scrimmage he'll drop some guys back he'll bring some guys he'll blitz off the off the edge from the corner situation um and and the other thing is these guys don't make a whole lot of mistakes mm-hmm. uh the only time I really saw them make quote unquote uh you know fundamental mistakes tackling mistakes things of that nature was when they were playing against Georgia mm-hmm. and that was that was an athlete situation I, you know what I mean like that was yeah.
2: I wouldn't even call some of those things mistakes they just had a better dude thank you okay that, lined that, up against them. yeah there you go yeah. yeah and that
1: that's the point I was trying to make and you did it much more eloquently mm-hmm. than I did not surprising so uh your overall thoughts of Marcus Freeman's defense
2: I, I to me if I could sum it up in three words it's multiple aggressive sound I think those are the three words that that I would use, and and those don't always go together. You, right. you know, you could be multiple and aggressive and very unsound. Uh, you can be multiple, not aggressive. You know, I, I, you could be a uh, you know aggressive and and sound, but out of basic schemes. So, sure. the the multiple aspect to me is important, and I think if we look at what they do, they are a base three three five team, and, and I think to for me there's there's really. There's there's two two ingredients to being multiple in, in two ways. One is being multiple with your personnel and the other is being multiple with your looks within personnel. So you, what we've seen from Marcus Freeman is he can effectively change personnel. Now, that manifests itself in, in many ways. One is within games. So, for example, in most games, they're a base three down defense, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll show those looks here in a little bit. Uh, in on third down they tend to go to more of a four down mm-hmm. defense. Uh, and within games they'll show different looks. Then from week to week we'll see different things. There's weeks where we see sort of a three three five stack. Stack meaning basically the will and the mic are stacked over the ends and the nose. And then the Sam will be kind of stacked inside. Sometimes he'll be out of the box. Other times and other times they're almost like a three two box. And so we'll kind of get into some of those things here in a minute. And then. Uh, and then we'll see stuff year to year. They did a lot more four down looks where they had a position called a Jack position in 2019 that they rarely used that position in 2020, or at least they didn't use it as much in their base defense. Yeah, They used it more in their, their nickel defense. So, you know, those are the things that Vince, that when I, when I look at what they do, I see there's a lot of flexibility. And the, the thing I like about the last part of the personnel is, is you can change based on, you can adjust based on the strengths of your team. If you're able to be so multiple with hat, with the kind of personnel you use for one year, you're using more four down personnel. The next year you're using three, but your, your structure of who you are defensively doesn't change. That tells me you can switch year to year. If one year you have four great defensive linemen and great depth, you could be more of a four down. If you're a little thin, at defensive tackle but really good at end or vice versa there's different things you can do and you're loaded a linebacker there's different things you can do you can be three corners in your with your your five secondary players you can go with a rover you can go with three safeties and we've seen him do all of it and i really like that and and then the other thing is that is really important vince is he's really good at being multiple without changing personnel right that's so important in today's game with teams that go tempo with teams that mix up their own personnel to be able to adjust out of your looks to say hey we can handle a a running team and a passing team out of the same looks and it's just going to be different emphasis on how we do it so uh, those are big things and then here in a second we'll dive into specifically what that looks like but big picture that kind of is what for me i like about him being multiple and then what his version of being multiple means
1: so i i just want to i want to uh, build on that uh you talk about offenses being multiple and we've we've had that conversation about notre dame in that with their tight ends with their mm-hmm. running backs they can be multiple with the same personnel and how effective that can be moving forward and, and without subbing and you get the defense on their heels et cetera. Et cetera. well this is the perfect answer mm-hmm. defensively to what We want their name to do. And so they can be multiple as well, but with the same personnel.
2: So because here's here's how it goes to your point. You start a game off and you're in your three, three, five alignment, for example. And and that was their base, their base look. Okay, so let's actually let's actually bring some of this stuff up. So let's kind of show you all what we're talking about here. So this is an example of Cincinnati's base defense last year. It's a, it's called a three, three, five. That basically means three down linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. This is against central Florida. Now they don't call this a power end. I do. Cause I, it, it's going to help me explain what I'm talking about. So this right. is their power end. This is a bigger guy. This is Malik van Notre Dame fans may remember him. He's 6'4, 275 pounds. The other guy that played this position was about the same size reason I call it a power end, because when they go to their four down looks, a lot of times this guy will kick inside and basically become a defensive tackle. So this is going to be a bigger player. So this isn't like your drop, which is a more athletic dr- guy that we saw at Notre Dame. This is their athletic 6'5", 250 pass rusher guy. Now, he'll line up here sometimes, but he's a lot of times a field guy. And then a defensive tackle. They do call this a Sam linebacker, a Mike linebacker, and a Will linebacker. Now, this Sam linebacker isn't is more of a rover than he is a traditional linebacker. However, they will mix that up, as we'll show. And then five defensive backs, nickel, corner, safety, safety. I did not forget anybody down here off the screen. Uh, down here off the screen, you will see uh, a corner, but he's not on the screen right now. So two ends, defensive tackle, three backers, and then here's four of their five defensive backs, right? And then the thing that I like about this is you they can alter where all these guys line up. Depending on what you do, so as a defensive coach, you or as yeah as a defensive coach, you don't have to switch personnel to get into different looks, you know. And and, and Vince, that's something that I that I really like is to to not having that need to where we have to when it. Uh, so when an opponent says, "Okay, we're going to go two tight ends," right? They don't have to switch out of that. Although we'll, we'll show here recently where they did. But the thing, the thing is, is they can still match up in that look. If a team wants to go tempo, if a team wants to go, um, you know, a team wants to mix things up, if a team's more pass oriented, they can get in a different look. So I'm going to show you another, another look that, that they do. So here's the same personnel, but they're mixing it up a little bit. So you still have a similar odd front, but they've now kind of bumped their linebackers to one of their linebackers are now stacked between the ends and the tackles. Right. So you see that here. They're stacked between the ends and the tackles. And now because this linebacker has walked up, this safety now has to come down and he's going to protect. There's still a cornerback down the bottom of the screen. So, it, again, it's a three 2 look. This is more of a, you know, if they're if they're thinking pass, they want to get this guy out a little out of the box a little bit more. They want to protect these gaps. This is you know, they can do that. I've seen them do this where they want to be more run oriented. Now, here's something I really like about this defense and, and we'll get into it is. When you look at this, you think five man box. What does every coach in America think when they see a five-man box? Run the ball running, baby. running the ball. Run the ball. As we'll baby. get into in a little bit, the thing I like about this is because of the way they do this and they show this alignment, Vince, they don't they, they can bring a lot of different guys from a lot of different places mm-hmm. to be able to protect the run. And so again, you can you're gonna see a lot of different a lot of different personnel looks out of that. And so that's just two minor adjustments, and then you know I'm going to pull up another clip here too, out of the same personnel. Where, well, actually I'm not going to show that clip. We'll, we'll show that in a little bit, but um, they'll go they'll go with that same personnel, and they'll take one of the one of the linebackers. They'll they'll substitute a bigger guy, or sometimes they'll just walk another guy up, and they will go down and they'll play more of a like a four two five look with a linebacker without subbing who they are and then other times they will add a base personnel so this is this right here is in the AAC title game this is a 4 2 look a true a true 4 right, 2 which like is Notre Dame runs well even more true because this is not a linebacker this is not a rover this is actually a fifth DB right but alignment wise it's the same person personnel wise see Notre Dame is sort of a a four-two-five out of four-three personnel.
1: Right, right, because Jeremiah Owusu-Cormo is considered a linebacker, Correct. not a nickelback.
2: This is a tr- true true four-two-five. So you've right. got two defensive ends, two defensive tackles. This is one of their power ends. He's so this bumped is what down. I, he's now bumped down, and they have a, a second. So this is their strong side end, and this is the sub. This is the uh, additional end they brought out. So basically, they took out one of the linebackers and brought in a defensive end. Now there will be times. This is who I'm talking about right here. There will be times in games where they'll show this exact same look, but this they won't sub, and this will be a linebacker. So it'll be the, still the 3-3 three, three personnel. In this particular instance against Tulsa, now all these plays I'm showing you are first and second down plays. They're not – well, yeah, they're going to show a different look on third down. These are first and second down plays. So you, you'll see this is – they didn't show this against Central Florida. This was something that was unique to Tulsa. Right. And so and now we still saw the 3-3 looks against Tulsa as well. They mixed it up a lot. And, and so and then against Georgia, we saw a lot more four down looks as well. But what else we saw against Georgia? Because, again, it's about matching up against your opponent. Right. right. So when Georgia would go with their two tight end alignment, Cincinnati's answer was a traditional 4-3 defense, personnel and alignment. So these are two true defensive ends. Two defensive tackles, although again, this is their their power end out of their odd, and then they took out their. So their Sam linebacker is is more like Notre Dame's rover. Mm-hmm. So because he they, splits
1: out sometimes on receivers, and things of that nature, correct. So, Whereas in in other four three alignments, at least in my uh, my you know comings and goings, it's a lot of times it's that weak side linebacker that's going to split out right o- over receivers because he's generally more the you know the athletic whatever uh but this is a different thought process
2: right so this is a tr- traditional 4-3 look sam linebacker is now a bigger guy mm-hmm. two inside backers two corners safety and now this is their safety uh so in th- in this instance it's actually a nickel so technically personnel wise they're in like a they have a nickel and a safety. They only have one true safety, but the, okay. their their nickel was normally a safety, you know, a safety right. in situations or corner depending on personnel. So now, when Georgia would go to their three receiver set, they'd go to a four two five, like we just showed against Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So those are things where and and they held they held Georgia to forty, I think forty five rushing yards in that game. Yeah. So now where they got hurt is they got beat on some down the field pass plays. But again, that was more of a their guys just weren't as good as Georgia's. Guys. Well, and there was
1: a, there, like there was a, there was one play in the first quarter. I want to say where they blitzed the corner off the edge and mm-hmm. the safety took a bad angle. Right. And that's why he got beat right. by as much as he got beat right. for that one long uh, throw over the middle. I mean, it was, and it what so it's not bad scheme. It was bad execution. Right. To be perfectly honest.
2: Because the guys that he's covering against Georgia are running a little bit faster than some of the, most of the guys, of guys are in. Or wherever right. else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. just, this just the fact. So yeah, you know those are the things i really like vince when i'm breaking them down those are the things i see from his defense that 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 i like and and you know just that's the so again we didn't show a whole lot of other than the georgia game we didn't show a whole lot of diversity from a personnel standpoint we right. showed diversity from of how how they line up and right. those are the things that i really like seeing we'll get into specifics of the run defense and i'm going to show you why when, when i think 335 i don't think very good run defense Cincinnati in the last three years has ranked in the top 15 in rush defense three times
1: well as, as an offensive coordinator yeah. and you see that you're going to be playing against a 3-3-5 personally I'm mm-hmm. thinking sweet we are running the ball right. and it's going to be a great day for my line it's gonna be a mm-hmm. great day for my running back like that's what I think when I see a right. 3-3-5 automatically
2: and that's what surprised me when I broke down this film is yeah. they're not easy to run on even out of their three, three, five, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But a big part of that is the mul- the multiple nature of what they do, the aggressive nature of what they do, and then also the sound nature of what they do.
1: Well, and, and you bring up aggressive, and that's one of the fun parts I think about this defense mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's one of the things that Notre Dame fans are really going to get excited about uh, because look, Notre Dame's defense has been good. They they, mm-hmm. they have been borderline elite most of the time uh, under Clark Lee, Mike Elko, etc. Um, but you know they don't do a whole lot of uh aggressive blitz off the edges. They don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like they don't mm-hmm. do that flashy. We're gonna bring guys from all over the place. I mean, frankly, the last time that happened at Notre Dame was John Tenuta, and that was ugly from
2: the word. <laughs> because out. that's an aggressive a version of multiple exactly. aggressive, but unsound. Exactly. Thank you. That was exactly what, what, what I, I mean was going by that. unsound. Vince is is you can blitz, but if you're blitzing and just vacating zones big zones the that's bat. unsound
1: yes offenses will take and advantage of that good
2: teams will yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing about john tenuta is you know they'd give up 550 yards to west virginia and clemson <laughs> and then hold like duke and samford to like 110 and then you're like 325 a game that's top 25 well right that's not top 25 that's john Notre Dame. yeah and, and that and, and we enough. saw that and then at cincinnati though there's a level of consistency week to week you know, where twice in the, each of the last two years, they've held Central Florida to the lowest yards total and lowest yards per play totals of the season. Yeah. You know, so that that's a level of consistency where you're not just beating up on, you know, teams that aren't any good in your league. Right. You're, you know, and a matter of fact, I think one of their worst defensive games in 2019 was against East Carolina, who's one of the worst teams they played. This is one of those bad, bad days. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that they they've been at their best. But to your point about the aggressiveness and and how how being in in this type of defense, I I think works. Vince is is here's an example of of Cincinnati this year. This is against Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And and what I like about this is is from this alignment, this is five guys in the box, yeah, right. But based on how they're lining up, there's eight guys that they can bring and will bring mm-hmm. they will bring these five and they'll bring these two so when you look at this look you think to yourself okay which one of these guys is coming well when you when you get the play started it's not any of the it's this guy comes but look who else comes the corner yeah. right and so those are the things to look at i see say you know this is a thing where the corner's not showing that vince he's and, 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 you know, we'll kind of get into this here in a little bit, but the corner's not showing blitz. The corner's lined up and pressed. That's what they do a lot. A lot. So this is, this is not a – and the other thing is what I talk about sound is this guy is not giving away that he's covering over top of the corner because he's got to protect the corner. Sure. Right? They'll line him up all the time. We just showed a clip, a, 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 a still clip a minute ago where that's where he was and their base yeah. defense. But here they're going to bring him from – You know, they're going to now he's going to protect. And the other thing I like about how he protects is watch the safety's angle. He's not working here to protect the deep ball because what a lot of teams will do when they see a corner fire is they throw hot. So the quarterback will see the corner fire and just try to get it out real quick. Watch the angle of this safety. He's protecting quick game, he's protecting slant, he's protecting that quick throw, he's protecting a short throw, basically saying, if you're not going to beat us down the field, because you're not going to have, have time.
1: time. Yeah, exactly.
2: And and I and I really like that. I think that's a really smart way of going about it and it's just it, it, it it's just an example and it's just you get several clips like that, you know? And they'll bring safeties, they'll bring corners, they'll bring their nickel and and but they do it in a way where it's it's not the same week to week. Mm-hmm. They found something on how this other team runs routes, on how this team slides their protection. They may slide their protection to the field a lot. Uh, you know, which means it's going to be harder for them to protect a boundary corner fire. Uh, You know, they, they have trouble with slants. You know, there's all types of things that you're going to see that are going to be different from week to week. One team runs a mic protection and you have no chance of blitzing against it. They're just really good at it. Another team runs a mic protection and you just want to blitz off the edge, off of an edge stunt, you know, where you're going to loop your tackle in and bring your linebacker outside because their running back doesn't know how to read inside out you know or or their tackle has stiff hips and he can't he can't right. you know work inside on that and then work back out to protect the edge so it's it's going to be different week to week and the thing i like about coach freeman's defense is you're seeing them find the weaknesses in the offense and that's what they attack hey your quarterback is not accurate throwing the deep ball so we're going to take away hit the quick game all day long cuz he's not going to be able to complete enough deep balls or You know, we don't think you have game changers at receiver. So, you know, we're going to maybe play off a little bit more this week and just you're going to catch your little five yard routes and we're just going to run the ball. You know, you're good at running the ball. So we're going to handle you this way. It's so different week to week, but yet the same. The principles are the same. The sound the system is the same. It's just how they go about attacking you week to week is what they're – it's a change in emphasis week. Sure, to week. yeah, They right. always have corner fires. One week they may bring it three times, and then they may not bring it the next two weeks. Uh, their will linebacker may blitz seven times in a game, and then the next week he doesn't blitz at all. Yeah. It just depends on what they identify as your weakness. And that's another thing I like about it is they don't sit back and react to what the defense's offense is doing. They dictate things to the offense. They're going to say, we're going to line up this way, and we're going to take away your best thing out of this alignment.
1: What are you going and to if do? You're going to
2: beat us. You're going to have to beat us with your second best thing. And most teams aren't good enough to beat them. Right. And and that's what I really like about it. So it's it's a combination of his players are well coached. They're fundamentally sound. They're tough. They play with swagger. All the things you need from a defense. But yet then they're put in position to be successful. And that's the thing that I like. And another part of this is it's more linebacker driven. Than safety driven, which when we talk run game, which for me is partly why they're so good against modern offenses Mm -hmm. because offenses are getting so complex now that your safeties are just put in too many stressful situations. And if you don't have great safeties, you're going to get beat bad. We saw that at Notre Dame this year. Sean Crawford just wasn't a great player. And so good teams could really take advantage of that. Sure. because he was put in so many high leverage situations, it, you know where Cincinnati's defense will will better be able to protect that type of player. It'll be more linebacker oriented, linebacker driven, and I think that is that is something that I like. And yet, finally, it's aggressive, but it doesn't rely on pressure packages. Meaning, mm-hmm. if they choose to just kind of attack with their front and and kind of have their linebackers, you know, read, react, and flow. They can do that effectively. They don't have to blitz all the time. They don't have to bring four or five guys. They don't have to bring safeties. They don't have to bring corners. They've been just as effective in certain games where they felt, you know what? We're we're better than they are in a box. So we're just gonna we're gonna attack. We're gonna beat them up. We're gonna we're gonna shoot gaps. Our linebackers are gonna read, react, flow downhill. And and that's important too because you know my stance, Vince. I love blitzing when you want to, yeah, not absolutely. blitzing because you have to. Right and and they're not a team that i've seen this year where they were where they had to blitz or they were in trouble
1: now you you brought up earlier when we were talking about John Tenuta and and, and blitzing and leaving voids and, and and all that how is this blitzing this aggressiveness different Are with with from a from a standpoint of not leaving those voids mm-hmm. um and you kind of you kind of talked about it uh when when you had the um Uh, the the corner blitz and the safety, picking Mm -hmm. it up, et cetera, Mm -hmm. kind of go through and explain that from, you know, maybe a linebacker standpoint, if you're bringing a linebacker or, you know, things of that nature.
2: Right. So essentially what happens is, is, is you're, there's two ways to blitz. One is, well, three ways to blitz. Number one is, is to find an isolation where you're only bringing four guys, but in this, we could, we could debate. Some people wouldn't call this a blitz. They'd call it a stunt, whatever. Uh, but out of a three-down front, especially, you can say, "Hey, we're going to blitz this linebacker," but you're only bringing four guys. Yeah. Uh, but we've you, we've identified as a defensive coaching staff that when our when our five technique, so that's the guy that lines up outside your tackle, mm-hmm. slants inside, and we bring that one linebacker off the edge. As we mentioned earlier, your your at your right tackle's not athletic enough to then work in to protect the slant across his face and then get back out to Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa or Maris Luafau or one of Notre Dame's athletic linebackers, right? So that's blitz to where it's a blitz, but it's, it, you still have seven guys that are in coverage. And then they'll do, when they do bring blitzes, they usually bring five. I've rarely seen them bring six. And that's the the final way of a blitz is there's overload blitzes. And there's two types of overloads. An o- you can overload to a side. Where you're only bringing four guys mm-hmm. or five guys, but we we know they're going to slide their protection to the boundary out of this trips look, right? So you may say then we're going to bring four or you know three to the left side away from the running back because we we've got a tendency breaker that you know tendency that we found in what they do. So we're going to overload that side. We may only have one rusher coming from the other side, yeah. But we're going to bring four from the other side or three from the other side, whatever the case may be that's that's an overload to a side. Then there's overloads where you you know they've got five blockers there and empty and you're bringing six. They don't have enough guys to block. Right. Well, that's where you can kind of get into some danger zones because now what you've done is you have to be perfect in coverage because it's you got a dude for a dude and if mm-hmm. one guy blows an assignment or one guy gets beat or one guy, you know, uh falls down, you're done. Mm-hmm. And those are risky. And then the other thing is is part the soundness also comes from when you blitz. So if a linebacker blitzes, he's vacating a zone. Right. So who's protecting that zone? Right. So are, you know, so some teams will blitz a corner and then drop their end. Well, that can work, but if that end drops, that tackle's looking for somebody to block. Exactly. And so he's going to see that. And if a guy is as good as Robert Haynes or Liam Eikenberg, he's going to get out to that at least enough to where he just has to wash the guy outside the quarterback and step into the pocket. Uh, you know, so so that's a way to do it. But if you're bringing an inside backer, okay, well, there's this zone between that guy blitzing and the safety who's protecting that zone. Is it a def- nose tackle? Is it a defense event? Is it a safety? And right. so they do a lot of single high looks, or when they go two high looks they're rarely, at least from what I've seen, when they're lined up and too high, rarely do both safeties drop. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll do it sometimes on third down. But, you know, that's what they'll do is one of their safeties, essentially, is the is the the zone the zone protector. What John Tanuda would do is he would blitz guys, and then nobody would replace the zone where that guy blitzed from. And so I think of the North Carolina game in, I think, 2008, where they played North Carolina on the road. And they hit two huge third down plays, one third long play. It was a cover three, but there was nobody to cover the inside seam. There just there was nobody there. There was nobody to account for. You had a, you were asking a cornerback to play two guys. Well, if it's you know if it's the best cornerback in the country, you're not going to do that. But they had Robert Blanton playing it, who was an NFL player for a while, and he yeah. wasn't good enough to make that play. You had to be an elite player. And so there was just a lot of unsound things they did. Uh, brian van gorder another example so you know i think of a third a third and sixth play against michigan state in the fourth quarter in, in 2016 and michigan state ran just a curl flat play but they were asking jerron jones and jay hayes to drop in coverage to protect the linebackers who are blitzing you're asking a 285 pound guy 290 pound guy and a 315 pound guy to drop in coverage on a key third down play in the fourth quarter of a game you're trying to come back from that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen because these are guys that had never done that before. Right. They're not, and they're not, right.
1: you shouldn't ask guys right. like that to cover receivers.
2: Right. So, and they were asking them to cover zone, you know, look the curl up, but that takes work. Okay, That takes practice. And, you know, so that's one of those things where on the chalkboard, that looks like a great call. Hey, we're going to bring these pressures and we're going to drop this end right underneath the curl. Right. So on, on a chalkboard, it looks phenomenal. On, yeah. on a, in a playbook, it looks like a great call. In reality, it's not a good call and unless you've got Dalen Hayes dropping it in. Right, exactly. You know, then you can get away with it because he's good at that. So, it's again, it's about knowing your personnel. Uh, you know, anyone that thinks, Yo, I'm going to drop Jerron Jones on third. How about, hey, Jerron Jones is six six with freaky long arms. How about you rush him right up the middle and get in the quarterback's face? Just, just right. a thought as opposed to having him drop into coverage and pick up a crossing route. You know, and shocker on that play, the guy catches the ball and runs for like 30 yards. Shocker. So that's the difference between aggressive and sound Mm -hmm. and aggressive and unsound. And Marcus Freeman is not going to vacate short to intermediate zones and at the expense of blitzing. He's just not going to do it. He's going to find your weakness and he's going to attack that weakness with four or five guys. And he's just rarely going to bring those six man pressures. And when they do it's like on third down or, or something like that and, and they're good enough in the secondary against most teams to do that and, and so those are the things that I saw from his defense that I really liked
1: well and and then another thing uh, you're talking about aggressive but sound is when he puts guys on an island or he puts guys in situations to make plays, nine times out of ten they're making those plays I mean it, it's it is it, the the tackling rare is is a guy breaking tackles. Uh, rare is it that when one guy slows him up, there's not three or four guys right behind him in a gang tackle situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the the fundamentally soundness of the tackling and the and the group tackling is something that really stood out to mm-hmm. me because that's that's a mentality. Number one, it's also obviously a coaching point. And, and look, mm-hmm. Notre Dame does that very well. Uh, right. The gang tackling part, some of the individual, you know, we can have that discussion, mm-hmm. but from a, from a team standpoint, from a gang tackling standpoint, I love where Notre Dame is at. Right. Um, but that's clearly something that's important to Marcus Freeman as well.
2: Yeah. And, and, and that was something that I liked about what Clark Lee did and, and Mike Elko did that, that Marcus Freeman is all about, which is scheme is great. But if our guys don't know how to line up with proper technique and don't know how to attack at proper angles and don't know how to wrap up and form tackle and those kind of things. And I would even say, that Cincinnati's guys were better form tacklers than Notre Dame's were. That's and fair. that's been a problem the last couple of years for Notre Dame tackling, and especially in space has been an issue. And a lot of times it's bad angle or, or not wrapping up. Yeah. And uh, you don't see that as much from Cincinnati. And, and, and that's something that I, that I it, it, like. So again, it's, it's fine that you can come up with all these great plays and your playbook looks really cool. And you got all these things that show how smart you are. But at the end of the day, if your kids don't know how to line up properly, don't know how to tackle proper angles, don't know how to wrap up properly, don't know how to make reads, don't know how to make sound football plays, then you're not going to be that good. Right. The The best coaches are the ones that are good teachers and good schemers. And, and to me, those guys are going to have fundamentally sound, but sharp schemes. So, I mean, I spent a lot of this time talking about the schemes and, Things that I like and things that they do, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But if your players aren't fundamentally sound, then you're not going to be good. And, and I was taught very early on uh, in coaching, and this is something that that you know I heard when when I was hanging out at Bowling Green as a first year coach with Dan Mullen as their quarterbacks coach and Urban Myers head coach was. I think it was Dan Mullen said, "Like, look, I don't care how smart you are. If your players don't know it, then." it doesn't matter. And one of the things I did as a coach that I learned from Dan Mullen at back at Bowling green was he would just kind of walk into a meeting and be like, yeah, I don't feel like coaching today. And he would hand a starting quarterback, the remote and say, you lead him through
0: film. Now they knew what we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: He was doing. He wanted to see that his quarterback could lead the other quarterbacks through the practice film and coach it the way that he coaches it. They had to understand it at that level. And so it's like, yeah, if I know all these things and I, but if the kids can't watch the film and if they don't see it, if they don't understand it, if they can't grasp it, if they can't explain it, then it's not as effective. And so you see that for Marcus Freeman, where, yeah, yeah, it's great that you got these kind of schemes, but like you said, there's a very low level of misexecution, execution bad right. execution in what they do. Uh, and, and that's one of the things to me that, that makes them really effective as a defense. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
1: So. Uh... Do you want to talk about a little bit of run deal? Yeah, let's just
2: kind of quickly go over <laughs> yeah. a couple things we see in the run game. And if you're listening to the podcast, this there's it will be an article at irishbreakdown.com. And obviously, we'll have a video on our YouTube channel where you'll be able to kind of see these clips. But, uh, you know, for me, Vince, I, I, one of the things that, that surprised me, as I mentioned, was I when I when I was coaching and, and a lot of teams that I see when even recently you see three, three, five, you see a lot of big 12 teams. Running three three fives because sure. they're defending the pass. We're yeah, trying to get right. more athletes on the field to defend the pass. Makes sense. The American Athletic Conference is that way, and that's why Marcus Freeman went to a three three five was to defend it. So here you see in this clip, you see the three three five. So there's the three down lineman Yep. There's the three linebackers, safety, safety. Uh, that's safety, corner, corner, right. And so what has impressed me is how good they are defending the run, and not just shutting down teams that don't run well. Because there's not a lot of great running teams in the in the uh, in their league, but they also shut down teams like UCF, who are very good running teams.
1: And, and, and in this clip, there's six blockers, by the way, right? For what the offense is perceiving as five right. guys in the box.
2: And if you really think about it, Vince, because they can run read zone, there's six blockers and then two guys in the back. There's eight on five, basically, right? right. So I- any coach that's running read zone is going to say this is almost an automatic give. Yep right here because there's five in the box now this guy's close enough to where you could kind of do it but the thing i love about how he runs his defense is you could this is a basic look of what they do they can insert minimum six to seven guys into the box on every play and and we're going to get a look at that here so if you watch this so you see this linebacker here right here look at the depth he comes from right i mean all of a sudden, bam, now look, now all of a sudden there's seven guys in a box and the running back is still two yards from the line of scrimmage, behind right. the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, so you see they bring the safety down. He's an alley player, so he's protecting against the pass responsibility number one. That guy goes in motion, so he now inserts himself in, and now this safety to the field is now going to protect against the jet or that guy going to bubble. So you see them, they see motion. They automatically know what they're being triggered to do and then just like that there's seven guys in a box out of a out of a five man box right and and a, but a, but a big key to that is is watch the penetration of the offensive line they're coming off hard you see they do a lot of slanting and and a slant is basically you start in one gap and then you slant across someone's face into another gap so if you an example would here is you see this nose tackle he's kind of head up he's going to slant into a gap and it's not a hard slant because he is he is head up, but you see this defensive end to the bottom of the screen slanting outside because he knows there's people filling that inside gap, right? So you get this really hard charge across the center's face and penetration. Look at that, and then watch how well they use their hands, too. That's something I love. They do a great job of block destruction. You can see it here with the nose tackle. So yeah. immediately look oh, at yeah. that. Look at that right there. And then this is Malik Van down here. Look at how he has got this guy. He takes his big old tackle with his inside arm and just locks him out. Look at that. Look at that separation. So, if they were running an outside play, Malik Van is getting off this block easily and chasing this down. But I love this this great hand play here, and that's something Mike Elston does a really good job with. So I think Mike Elston's going to fit in really nicely with mo- what Marcus Freeman is doing. So all of a sudden, look at look at where the line of scrimmage is now. The line of scrimmage is now in Cincinnati's favor by a yard and a half to two yards. That is a win. Now this running back is being forced to make his cut three yards behind the line because this nose tackle kicked the center's butt. And now this allows the linebackers to rally the ball. The Sam linebacker who was out of the box at the snap. This is where he was at the snap, right? Look where he makes the tackle. He makes a tackle over this where the center lined up, a yard behind the line of scrimmage. This is an inside zone play. That a Sam line, this is basically Jer, where Jeremiah Wusu would line up, right? He makes the tackle in the, basically where the A-gap originally was at the line. This is on the hash. So yeah. this is where the center's lined up, right? Yep. That's the Sam linebacker. Look at where, look at where he makes the tackle. Right over where the center was. That doesn't happen if the defensive line doesn't get that push. Well, and
1: that's also – I I just want to interject here mm -hmm. real quick. His reaction to what is going on tells me that, number one, he's well-coached and Mm well-prepared for what this offense is doing, Mm -hmm. and he's not thinking about it. He knows immediately, okay, when I see this, I'm doing this. There's no hesitation whatsoever, and that's why he's able to cover so much ground in that short amount of time.
2: It's like a symphony, Vince. I want you to watch this boundary corner, yeah. this boundary safety, the Sam linebacker, and the field safety. As this guy goes in motion, how they all just immediately move. They're just moving together. Everyone's yes. they see it. There's no communication. There's no talking. They just know. Okay, this guy's going. I got to come inside. I'm protecting. And then out of this look, we'll see this safety, this deep safety will come down and insert himself. He'll protect this if there's a blitz. They'll bring inside stunts. So like they'll slant him here inside and then they'll bring this linebacker on a loop to the other side here. It's just a basic slant. You know, this is a, a mic. So this is a four man pressure essentially, right? Because he can now trigger because he's being replaced by the that field safety. So he's now triggered inside. So this is not an exotic blitz. This is a, not an exotic pressure. This is them saying exotic we're gonna pressure. fill up every gap. We're yeah. gonna get we're gonna beat you off the line, or we're gonna fill every gap. That's sound run defense. And you don't see that a lot from teams that play three, three, fives. And so, and I like the fact that they bring so many, they'll fill this guy, they'll fill that guy, they'll fill that guy, they'll bring this guy. As we showed earlier, they'll bring a corner fire here. Uh, you know, so there's just so many different ways that they will attack teams from this three-three five without doing a lot of exotic stuff. So what I mean by exotic. So what some teams will do is like, they'll take this defensive end right here and they'll slant him inside. They'll loop this guy and then bring him on a stunt. Now, when that hits, that works really well. Mm -hmm. The problem is, as we saw on the first play of the Notre Dame Clemson game, if you have a good offensive line that picks up that stunt, it's a 65 yard touchdown Mm -hmm. because it's not a sound football play. And and so th- that's something we just don't see a lot of from from Cincinnati. They don't do a lot of things where they put their linemen in these really wide twists, you know, where they, they're going to do this. And then this guy comes and all this crazy stuff, because it's such a fine. It's such a small margin for error with those plays. If one guy messes up, right, they're they're in trouble. So that's just one example, Vince, of of what we see from them to where they're in a three-five, a three-two box, yes, five-man box, which and every coach in America will say that's an automatic run, absolutely, and that's what they did. And what happens? All of a sudden, within two steps, there's seven guys in a box from distance, and it's not like they brought them down right before the snap and and walked them down where you can then make a check. This is a post-snap reaction. Yep. And, and that's, and and you see a lot of different things like that, but that's why I say uh, in there, there, what one thing that they do too, is they seem to be, and I'm still studying more film to find this out. They seem to be a spill team as much as I can tell. Explain. What that means is you can do have two types of run philosophies. One is you're going to spill, which means you want to try to force, you want to force a bounce on the run. Right. So uh, if you're running off tackle, or outside you don't want to allow an inside cutback so for example you think of the touchdown run we just talked about with notre dame against clemson notre dame's running an outside zone but they want to cut inside it needs to be a vertical cut between one of the linemen right what cincinnati wants to do is they want to spill that outside to where you can't cut back you have to keep going outside that allows their safeties and linebackers to float the ball so they sure. want to try to limit that cutback A force team can say, hey, we want to try to – we want to set a hard edge. Notre Dame is more of a force team. We want to set a hard edge and force you to cut back where our linebackers and safeties and our backside pursuit is going to come.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Both work, but and and I've seen Cincinnati do both, but from what I can tell on film – and again, as I continue to study more film, if I see it differently, then I'll say, but they seem to be more of a – on they're not trying to bounce an inside zone run right right this is more off tackle outside uh type of stuff and that tells me that they want to they want to be able to string things out not allow the vertical cuts and then just basically run you to the sideline which you need athleticism and speed to do that they had it at cincinnati he'll have that at notre dame
1: do do you feel like the the alignment by marcus freeman in in the three two box look is basically baiting offenses to run the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They,
2: yes, absolutely. That's what absolutely. I thought. Yeah. No, and, and that's what I – and the thing that I said earlier is because they're so linebacker-oriented, they can leave their safeties out wider to protect against perimeter screens and perimeter pass. If you start getting your safeties into the box too much, you now have linebackers exposed in coverage, which isn't as good of a matchup. And, and so – and you also ask your, you're asking your safeties to do a lot more. They're going to ask their linebackers to do more and their safeties are going to be more pass defenders, mm-hmm. perimeter defenders. So now that's interesting when they, when they face a lot of those perimeter screens, they want to then funnel back inside, but that's, that's a perimeter thing as opposed to what the, the, the line and the the ends are doing. So um, by, by being more linebacker, aggressive linebacker oriented, you're allowing your safeties to be more pass first run, second guys mm-hmm. to the field. Now the boundary guys sometimes be a little different, but to the field, they can be more pass focused. And then if it's run, they can fill. And then they're the protectors. Whereas Notre Dame safeties had to kind of be a lot of times. They were the primary run defender on a lot of different things. Cincinnati doesn't do that as much. Uh, now he may change that at Notre Dame. He may look at Kyle Hamilton and say, that's a weapon I just got to use. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. I- again, we saw Notre Dame. That works. The safety thing works. It worked for three straight years at Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's just a different emphasis. Yeah. Right. Um. And and his emphasis tends to be more that. And I. But I also think that being more, being more linebacker oriented also protects you against mobile quarterbacks, which is in Notre Dame Because now your safeties are in better position to where they are wider, and you're going to have less. Just leaving, turning guys loose right. in the in the read zone. Right,
1: right. Now we won't have so, the uh, yeah. the the narrative of yeah. uh, that Notre Dame's not good against mobile quarterbacks. Which right, would be great. well,
2: it shouldn't shouldn't have that narrative yet. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You know. um,
1: yeah. Yeah, right. You know, let let's uh, let's shift to the the pass defense, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, because mm-hmm. this is something that I really liked. Um, and, and, and you showed it a little bit when you were showing some of your clips earlier, but mm-hmm. um, Cincinnati loves to play press, man. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you what, they, not only do they enjoy doing it, they're good at it. They, mm-hmm. they will get up in your face. They will be physical at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. um, but still have safety help over the top. Right. And, and most of the time it looks like a one high look. Sometimes they'll put two safeties back there, but a lot of times uh, it's one or two high with man mm-hmm. under. Uh right. they're they're not afraid to mix it up no uh, with teams that's for sure
2: no they're not and 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 you know like you said they'll go two one, two two high one high but at po- pre-snap post snap they're usually in one high yes uh but you know again against some teams they will because again like Central Florida they did a lot more both safeties back because I can't remember if it was 19 or 20 one of the years because they run so much perimeter screen Central Florida does that they wanted their safeties to kind of be able to play that. Sure. Uh, and, and so some of the philosophies that they have from their man is when you play a lot of press, you're going to limit the, the quick game. Now it requires you to have good corners. The mm-hmm. nice thing that Notre Dame has is their cornerbacks coach worked for Marcus Freeman for a couple years. Yeah, so right. he knows that defense and that's right. He did such a good job that you hired him at Notre Dame. Right. Right. Yes. So you, you've got a really talented young corners coach that, that, knows the guy he's gonna that you're bringing in so it's like you're it's almost like the Clark Lee Mike Elko combo that Notre Dame brought in in 2017 you brought in your your really good defensive coordinator but then you brought in the linebackers coaching as a coach well you have to have great corner play or really sound solid corner play yeah doesn't have to be great individual talents but to be good in this defense. So you have the guy that's coaching those corners. So now your linebackers and your corners are both being coached up by people that know this defense. Right. Two very, very important positions in this defense. And so – We
1: we already know that the safety, uh, the All-American safety on Notre Dame's Mm -hmm. roster can overcome bad coaching. Right. They're not
2: worth (laughs) – you know, right. Depending
1: on who they put in that slot, not overly worried about mm-hmm. that. And then, of course, the defensive line is coached extremely well, too.
2: Here's another thing that I like, too, about this defense, Vince, is they're quick. They like they're they're going to play press. They're going to take away the quick game. They'll mess with you, though, as you saw in film. They'll show press and bail. Yes, they'll show press. It, it, they'll show off and then play off and then they'll show off and then squat. And, and one of the things they do with all this multiplicity is they want to force turnovers. They want to force mistakes. And, and in the pass game, there are two ways to dictate whether you're forcing mistakes. One is lower completion percentage, and the other is turnovers. So if you look at them, I'm looking at my notes here. In the last three years, Cincinnati's defense has finished first, fifth, and ninth in, low, in forcing lowest completion percentage in the country. During that stretch, they've also finished – uh, the last two years they finished third and ninth in interceptions the last two <laughs> years, 20 and 19. Notre Dame, they're not stretch, finished 58th and 76th in interceptions. And they finished 10th in total turnovers gained the last two years. So those two metrics are you're getting off the field a lot because mm-hmm. you're putting them in a lot of second and third and longs. You're forcing turnovers, you're forcing mistakes. What that also tells me is the different the multiplicity of what you do is forcing a lot of quarterback mistakes. And that is big. Yeah. And and so one of the reasons that one of the things that I really like in their pass defense is they also try to limit how easily you can access inside run and in, inside routes. So slants, undercuts, things like that that a lot of teams do with their RPOs. RPOs. Cincinnati will try to take away they want to force you to throw the ball outside. Sure. That's what you want as a defense because the further the ball gets outside, the lower the, the average completion rate is. So essentially what they're trying to say is we're not going to let you just complete a lot of quick throws, which a lot of modern offenses want to do, right? What are some of the things that you and I are advocating that we want to see Notre yeah. Dame do on offense? Absolutely. Uh, it's more quick throws, more screens, you know, more. Th- well, Cincinnati's trying. They're in a conference where team, almost every offense runs that stuff. So they had to come up with a scheme that them to defend that. And so, you know, as we as we kind of look at this, Vince, and look at this from a coverage standpoint, this is a third-down look. So as I mentioned earlier, they are a base three-down team. The reason I showed first and second-down runs is because – or first and second-down plays is because a lot of times on third-down, Cincinnati goes to a four-man look, where a lot of teams will be in a four-down look and go to three-man when they go to third-down. Notre Dame's – or Cincinnati was the exact opposite – so they do a lot. This is a defensive end, defensive end, two defensive tackles, and then a linebacker. And then this is their their Sam linebacker, which is like a rover. So that'd be kind of like their buck. This would be like, you know, so that'd be like, you know, um Drew Tranquil, and this would be Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, right. right? Just kind of when, when he was playing buck. So and then you see the press here from the corners. And then you've got your safety protecting outside and, and this guy protecting inside. So they'll do a lot of different things from this. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll rarely drop this guy. Occasionally they'll bring him on a blitz. They'll drop him underneath. They'll drop him underneath. Uh, you know, when, when they bring, when they'll bail him and try to run him underneath any quick throws. So again, they're trying to create pressure and, and then try to, so you see that they look like they're coming, but they're not, they're dropping. Right. So this is not an aggressive blitz call, but what they've done is they've taken away your quick lane. So you can look out. There's no quick throws right so you watch this guy right here he's going to any slant any inside breaking route he's all over it's just not there and then you watch the corner up here he is basically playing outside because he knows if they try to throw a slant in here this guy's running underneath him. it that's right right so right there they've bracketed any kind of quick slant you can't throw a quick out cut because he's on it right you can't throw a slant because he's getting underneath it same thing over here so it's really a sound defense and you can see the safety squeezing in. So if they're going to try, if you try to hit me with an in cut, I'm jumping all over it. So you can't, your, your quick throws are gone. Look, This quarterback's hitting three steps and he's looking to throw, but there's nobody there. The the quick game is, has taken away. It's a third and 10, the quick, the the pressure has taken it away. And so now you, your pass rush starts to take over. And this is an example. This is a third down call of, of what we're talking about, where, you know and then they get a hold which puts them back so that's just that kind of thing where i really like that kind of look because you're you're forcing teams to beat you down the field i mean that was the one thing we complained about that notre dame did against bama bank bama beat you down the field if they're beating you with a bunch of 30 40 yard bombs then
1: it is what it is
2: (laughs) great job guys you guys are better than we are you know Yeah. What you don't want to do is let them just complete a lot of easy throws and get into the rhythm. And so this is kind of what they do a good job of. So and again, they'll mix it up. So there's weeks against Houston, for example, they were impressed most of the game. Mm-hmm. Against Central Florida, they went pressed into the boundary a lot, but then did off coverage to the field. So they were more they were more aggressive with their nickel being really tight, but their corner was off to try to throw off the timing of the perimeter screens without, you know, cuz if 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 your corner gets beat on a perimeter screen and your safety's off, it, there's a lot of room to work. If your nickel's blowing up the blocking right away and your corner's kind of reading it and then you've got your safety coming inside, right. That there's a lot less room to work. Now, again, it requires good players, but I don't think that's going to be an issue for Notre Dame. I mean, he's going to have Kyle Hamilton and Houston Griffith and KJ Wallace and, you know, Clarence Lewis, and hopefully Tariq Bracey can get things figured out. I mean, there's going to be talent. They're bringing in a really good secondary class that Sports Illustrated SI All-American ranked as one of the five best secondary classes in the entire country, mainly because of the cornerback class that Mike Mickens is bringing in. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, so he'll have those weapons. They've got athletic linebackers. So you know, because philosophically, from a personnel standpoint, what Clark Lee was recruiting is kind of what will work for Marcus Freeman: length, range, athleticism, tough kids. Sure. Prince Scully is a guy that you're recruiting, whether you're running Clark Lee's defense or Marcus Freeman's defense. Anybody's really. Right? Ryan Barnes, uh, Philip Riley, JoJo JoJo Johnson was originally committed to Cincinnati. So so and then obviously bigger schools started coming after him. So clearly he was the kid that Marcus Freeman said, yeah, we want you in our defense right well, now. He's he's got he, him. Jojo gets the best of both worlds. He gets yeah. the defensive coach he wanted to play for and at the school he wanted to play at, you know. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know if there's a, a player on the team more happy than Jojo Johnson at this point in time. So, uh, you know, Justin Walters, to me, fits this defense. The 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 big change is going to be defensive line wise. I, I that's what we don't know. Right. Are they, they going to be they, more yeah. four three? We don't know. Um, I think the personnel fits well though, Vince. You tell me. I think the fact that they well. do have so many undersized, athletic three techniques that can easily be that power end. I mean, Myron Tungavaloa, Jason Adamiola, Riley Mills all fit that strong side and power end that can bump into a three technique perfectly. Yeah, I mean they they're do. more athletic than the guys I saw Cincinnati playing with. So, I actually think they fit this defense really and then you've got mm-hmm. Isaiah Foskey playing the position that that uh uh number 21 that they're so so basically I'm going to pull this clip back up Vince. Essentially this is this is where the guy that by Isaiah Foskey would be. Okay. Let me let me find a, actually a, a three down a three down look here real quick cuz I just we'll wrap it up with this. I just want to kind of show Well, what, and
1: I – while you're looking for that, yeah. I, I I'm wondering because I think they can do a three front with with the personnel that Notre Dame has. I, I agree with you. I just wonder if that'll be their base, right? Or, or whether that is going to be an alternative look, uh, right? You know, and you you had mentioned that a lot of teams go, you know, four on first and second, and then three on on third down. Are they going to do that? Or are is three down going to be their base look? Right. I, I think he's got options, and frankly, I agree. I just, it's funny. I I think about, you know, when a guy like Marcus Freeman comes to Notre Dame and and he's been at Cincinnati and he's recruited very specifically, you know, for his defense and how he's kind of schemed his way to success and coached his Mm -hmm. way to success. And then you walk in the door at Notre Dame and you look at the personnel that you've got to deal with and you're like, man, I can't wait to plug these guys in. Oh, absolutely. because.
2: What can be difficult is if he if he was taking over like a traditional four three defense. Sure. That could be difficult. But like let's let's walk through this. What would the Notre Dame personnel look like in this look? This is their 335. Okay. Well, to me, it's this is Myron Tungvaloa, Jason Adamiola, Riley Mills. This is that power end okay. guy. This is their 6'4", 275 seventy five pound guy. This is Kurt Heinish, Jacob Lacey, Gabriel Rubio, Aiden Kayanaana. Anna. That's who's playing here. Howard Cross would also be a guy here. This is Isaiah Fosky, right? This would be where, you know, Dalen Hayes would play. This would be, this is where, you know, if Jordan Batelho stays at, at defensive line or he'd play. Uh Devin uh OPow, uh, Will Schweitzer, that that's who this is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh to me, the nice thing about Tyson Ford, the kid that Notre Dame just got a commitment from, I think he can play both of these. Yeah, I agree. You know, and that's that's you know if his body keeps filling out he can play here yeah if he stays 250 260 he can definitely play there this is your buck basically this would be Shane Simon this would be Maris this would be you know Jack Kaiser potentially although I think Jack Kaiser I really like here at this rover spot this is your Mike. this is Drew White this is Tavon Coney right no Bauer Bauer. Um, uh, this is this is the perfect guy for that and then this is your strong side linebacker. You can be flexible with your personnel. This could be Isaiah Pryor. This could be Jack Kaiser. This could be Prince Colley. And I actually think Prince Collie better suits this Sam, this version of their rover, better than he fits Notre the Dame's- rover and Notre Dame. Earlier version, yeah. Right. Because I think he is more of a guy that you want attacking the run coming downhill. And then, of course, the safeties. And then this nickel—it could be a third corner. It could be a, a KJ Wallace type of safety corner hybrid. It could be Philip Riley. I think first and foremost, I think about this position right here, this okay. nickel position. Uh, when you want to get a guy that can play the run, uh, that can play—you uh, know, can can pl- take on blocks, that kind of thing. I think he's a guy that you look at and say that's a perfect player for him. Now, another thing too that I noticed too, Vince is. When they're playing, they don't do a lot. Of, they don't do field boundary very much okay. with their secondary. They okay. do um, left right. They do left right because they play so many tempo teams. And, and so that is that is something to consider too. I'm going to show you this last clip here. So when I was talking about like this is their nickel, this is like to me Philip. That's their corners right
1: the here. Blowing up the the try. Yeah, there.
2: This is Philip Riley. I mean, this has Philip Riley written all over it. You know, it's Ryan Barnes. And then if they want to go more cover, it's Jojo Johnson. Right. If you want to get a true third corner on there, it's JoJo Johnson. So you can match up now with this position. He'll use a he'll use a safety here. He'll use a corner here. He'll mix it up. It's not the same guy every time. We'll change it from week to week. And so those are the things. Uh I'm sorry, I'm talking about this position right here. That's yeah, right. the position I'm talking yep. about. This is where I see that Philip Riley kind of guy as in a base defense. So, um, you know, so now you're in a situation where if you're really loaded at safety, let's say in 2022, you've got Houston Griffith and Kyle Hamilton back. But Philip Riley is just really a guy that needs to play or K.J. Wallace has to play. This is a great spot where now you're in a three safety defense and you're imagine in the 2019 personnel. You have Alohi Gilman, Jalen Elliott and Kyle Hamilton or Jalen Elliott. Alohi Gilman, Kyle Hamilton, right? Or Alohi Gilman, yeah. Jalen Elliott. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it gives you so much versatility depending on what person, what type of package you want here. And so those are the things, Vince, that I look at this and I say there's that multiplicity where we didn't talk once about necessarily changing your personnel. We're just talking about you've got your three safeties, which guy is going to fit in where? And they can all do different things. So, uh it, it's just one of those things I really like about this defense I think it's a it's a really it I when I first heard so I had a, a friend of mine I I've known who Marcus Freeman was because he I remember when he was a recruit you know Notre Dame recruited him back right. in the day right and you hear about how he's coming up and my first thought was well you know is he really running his own defense or is he kind of you know like a Nick Saban guy you know Luke right. Fakel is the guy that you know that um that uh you Know is really generous. and then you then you study it a little bit more and you're like wow the numbers are great. You hear all these things about how he really is running the defense, and it's his it's his touch on it and all that. And then you're like, okay, they're running a three-three five. Nope. I'm not trying to bring a big 12 defense in Notre Dame. And then last year, that was my first. And then I started diving into the film. I'm like, okay. Uh, they're not a big 12, 335, <laughs> they're a really unique defense. And it it just Every time I I try to think of a reason not to like him as a coach, you know, or be skeptical from an X's and X stuff, is an O standpoint, right? from a scheme yeah. standpoint, uh, it's like, yep, nope, that 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 checks off this concern. Well, what about this? Okay, watch. Film. Oh yeah, okay, check off that concern. That's not a concern. You know what I mean? So like, just yeah. being critical of looking for because that's what you do as an offensive coach when you look at a defense. You're looking how can I pick it apart? How what weaknesses can I find schematically, personnel wise? The only time that I've seen Cincinnati get in trouble the last two years is when the other team had better personnel than they did. And that was mainly right. Georgia hit yep. some deep shots down the field. Um, you know, they – they and then Ohio State last year in 2019 just had better players. They just were able to run by them. Sure. No one else has been able to do that. So, it, it's – I like it it's sound it's aggressive uh it's multiple it's diverse it can all you can change it from year to year if your personnel fits it better in certain ways you, you can be in a four two five just as easily as you can be in a three three five, and uh I think that's going to give Notre Dame a lot of options and it's going to make for a really good defense so it, it's something that I think Notre Dame fans should be excited about and yeah. as, as a football coach and uh, someone who likes to study film it's something I absolutely love
1: I, I, this is yet another, yet another reason why I hope spring practice is open because I think this is going to be fun to watch. I know you're shaking your head. It's not going to uh, be for those of you in podcast land. I, 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 this is one of the things that I would just sit there and just, you know, put both hands on my cheeks and just like watch because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see, okay, who's he going to put where? How's he going to do it? Is, is three front going to be the base? Is four front going to be the base? Who's he moving out to that power end? <laughs> who's going to be, all of that. There's so many questions when you've got a right. new coach, you know, running the show. Uh, that that just is, excites me. As right. excited I am is to see if they've made some changes offensively. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do defensively because this this is watching the film. This is an exciting defense to watch. It's an explosive defense to watch. It's an aggressive defense to watch. But it's a, it's such a sound defense to watch. Mm-hmm. And when he brings that to Notre Dame with the kind of athletes that Notre Dame has. I, the sky's the limit, frankly, and yeah. so it, this is going to be fun. I, I am really looking forward to what Marcus Freeman's touch on this Notre Dame defense is going to look like.
2: Absolutely, and and it's about keeping the defense as good as it's been and making it better. Yes, and it would have been extremely difficult to hire a coach that could have made it better than it was, and Brian Kelly did that, in my opinion. Now, yeah. will he do it? We got to see him do it, well, right? no gotta prove it. Yes, but there's nothing about this hire as the more I've learned about Marcus Freeman, and he was my number one guy before we got dove into this, but the more and more I've studied him, there's nothing that's kind of made me waver. Everything I've tried to do is like made it. Okay. Yep. I'm more confirmed in it now. So will he, will he make the defense better than what it was? I don't know. We'll see, but it it has a chance. And yeah. the- for if for no other reason, he's recruiting already a lot better than the previous <laughs> defensive coordinator.
1: You are not getting. Um,
2: so uh, it, it's certainly something to be excited about. Now yep. just, Brian Kelly needs to make a a similar philosophical shift on offense, and if they can get the offense going, um, then this is this is again this is but this was step one, right? We talked about this. Brian Kelly's steps to getting the Notre Dame over the hump. Step one was this is the kind of hire he had to make on defense, and he made it and now you can just let Marcus Freeman go run the defense and it's time for you to fix the offense. And it's kind of an exciting time. If you're a Notre Dame fan, it's exciting time to to think about what this team could be.
1: No question. So that's probably going to do it for us for uh, the breaking down the Marcus Freeman defense podcast. Make sure uh, if you're listening on, on podcast, make sure you uh, subscribe, rate review, let us know how we're doing. We always enjoy hearing from you guys and uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, we got a new look which we are super pumped about. So make sure you check that out over on our YouTube page. And also because Brian shared uh, a lot of video uh, in this one. And um, it, it's it's worth your wait to go check it out. So go check out our YouTube page and subscribe to that. Uh, and you'll get all the notifications on when we drop another video. But uh, it will Brian, also
2: be up on our website at Irish Breakdown, which if you're absolutely. watching the video, you can see at the yes. bottom of the screen.
1: That is correct. So make sure you check us out on all of our different platforms. Uh, We love bringing all this information to you and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. That's for sure. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what that is going to be. I've got a couple of ideas, but uh, uh, we'll figure out what that one's going to be, but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Uh, So for Brian Driscoll, I am Vince D'Addario. Thanks for listening to the Irish breakdown podcast.